And we're going to get right to it today. usually like to ease into these things. But we do have with us the new uh, offensive coordinator for the Baylor Bears, Jeff Grimes, who has made his way after all sorts of journeys across the country back to his home state of Texas. And, Jeff, welcome to the Matt Mosley Show, and welcome back to uh, Texas. I mean, you're only you're about an hour and a half from your hometown. This has to feel, uh, this has to feel kind of familiar to you. It feels great, and um, I like how you're doing it. Jump right in. Let's don't ease into it. I'm not going to do that either. We're going to jump right in here and get this uh, get this thing rolling. But yeah, it feels great to be back home. I already checked I'm from uh, from my mom's address to right here where we're sitting. I'm 110 miles, and uh, my wife's family. She's actually from Amarillo, but all her family is in Houston, and you know, so many so many friends that I have from. From all my years growing up, my time in college, and then even all the years that I that I coached other places, most of that time I still recruited Texas. So lots and lots of connections and close friends here, and, and couldn't be happier to be back. Yeah, uh, folks have landed a few players over the years from uh, South Garland, Garland. I remember Joe Martin, some of those teams, um, North Garland, even now they have Lakeview. Over there, so uh, Garland has probably changed a little bit since you were uh, you were growing up there. And uh, by the way, I loved uh, the Salt Lake Tribune headline. I, I, I saw this the other day when when you were hired. They said <laughs> they said Jeff Grimes, comma practicing Baptist. That was like in the it was in the headline. <laughs> it, 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 it might as well have said like Buddhist that, or something. Yeah, interesting. Interesting take from uh, from that part of the country. <laughs> I would say so. Were you able to? Um, and I and I have read that you are. Uh, you know I, that that is an interesting uh, part of the world, and obviously surrounded by LDS and Mormons. I know you have a lot of great friends from that. What was that? Uh, what was that like? As a, I mean, that that you know, I've uh, I made a mistake one time of going on a mission trip and trying to witness to a. Uh, to a Mormon, you better know you better know your stuff, Jeff. As you probably found out, I, they they sort of put me it in my place. It was great for us, you know. It was great for us. It was great for our family. A great place for my kids. Um, a, an unbelievably great group of people. Really, really wanted to um, live with the same moral fiber that that we believe in as a family and so it was great for me and I and I had two stints there for three years each time my youngest boy was actually born there Um, and so it was a great experience for me and all the people that I worked with and the players that I coached were I mean just couldn't have been better to me and then obviously um, I had a nice little run there um with the team and on offense, and so that that always makes you um, more well liked. So it, it was yeah. great for me. Talking to Jeff Grimes, Baylor's new offensive coordinator. You know you're going to get recruited hard now because what's the question when you move back to Texas? Well, Jeff, what you have you found a church home yet? So they're <laughs> they're already man. They're going to be reaching out to you. The folks at First Baptist were already texting me. Can you throw in a word for us? I think I went to Columbus Avenue. I say I think. I kind of bounced around a little bit. I had to go. Grant Taft was my freshman Sunday school teacher. So I was always, I have to admit, I would go there hoping he would talk about the game the previous night. And, um, and he, 
he would mention it, but mostly it was about scripture and that kind of thing. So you'll get hit up pretty hard on. Uh, but you'll, you'll great, find it. Yeah, what a great <laughs> privilege that was. If you, I tell you what, if you can guarantee me that Coach Taft would uh, be my Sunday school teacher, I'd show up. <laughs> you think First Baptist that might be a that might be a feather in their cap? Uh, you know, I you have been a long time O line coach, and I'm just sort of curious. How did that go when you went all those years, you were at LSU, BYU, when you transitioned into calling plays? I would think that, um, boy, Andy Reid, somebody you crossed paths with all those years ago, I would think that the O-line, being an O-line coach would give you a really great foundation for calling plays. Um, what was that transition like for you? Did it, did it come very naturally? since you had been working with those schemes for so long or what was that, what was that like? Yeah, it, you know, it did, but really because of the time that, that I spent with so many good coaches, you know, and you mentioned Andy Reid, you know, he was, he was my offensive line coach for a couple of years in college, but he's a, he's a guy that's obviously been a successful play caller and he was actually never even a coordinator until he became a head coach and, you know, a former offensive line coach and, there, there are a lot of people out there that come from all sorts of different backgrounds. I think the most common is a guy that's a quarterback coach. But I think if you're a good coach and you see the big picture, then it doesn't matter whether you're a um, quarterback coach or a running backs coach or an offensive line coach. I think you can, I think you can do it from from any position as long as you know the game and and you uh, have uh, a wide lens to see from. For me, um, I think a big part of it was surrounding myself with the right people, and I had a great staff that worked with me there at, at BYU. And then the other thing is just being under a bunch of great coordinators who really gave me a lot of um, ownership over the years, whether it was at LSU or Virginia Tech or um, Auburn. I just I've been a lot of places where I had a lot of ownership in what was being done on offense already. And somebody asked me one time when I was interviewing for a coordinator job a number of years ago if I was ready to call plays. And I said, well, you know, I've been asked in, in some pretty important games what I felt like was the best call on a fourth and goal at the one-yard line. And um, – if I can make that call, then I think I can make any call. And so I've been fortunate to have been trusted by a lot of good people over the years. And I think the biggest adjustment is just the management of a larger group, uh, both the staff and a group of players. But honestly, something that, that I enjoy a great deal. Talking to Jeff Grimes, Baylor's new offensive coordinator, also will handle the uh, tight ends. Jeff, if you were going to say, okay, here's my prototype for an offensive lineman, when you're out uh, recruiting what is obviously you got you want the certain measurables some uh coaches love vertical jumps because it shows that power down there are there a couple things jeff over the years that really jump off the page at you that make you think okay this guy has a chance to be really really good for me well i think offensive linemen all players but especially offensive linemen come in all shapes and sizes and so you have some guys that are that are more compact and really powerful. You have some guys who are longer and more fluid. And I think they come in all shapes and sizes. If you, if you paint yourself in a corner too much, then you really limit 
the number of guys that you can go and, and recruit and have a chance to develop. And so I don't have an exact uh, standard that they have to fit because I recognize that they do come in different shapes and sizes and makeups. I would just say if they're big enough, you know, if they're long enough, if they're flexible enough, if they have enough of the prerequisites, then I'm trying to find out those things that matter really um, the most, the intangibles. Number one, are they tough? Do they have high character? Do they love the game? And are they smart? Because if they have enough of those prerequisites, enough of the physical skill set, even if they're not elite in those categories, if they love the game and if they're tough and intelligent, then they'll develop into good offensive linemen because it's, it's a developmental position and it's one that you have more skill training and more development in front of them when they come to college than what you have at other positions. Well, and by the way, none of the, none of these players will go on missions, Jeff. So you won't lose any of them for two or three years. So I, I I've always I've always been fascinated with that at BYU because in some ways I'm sure they become more mature, and sometimes when they come back from these missions, maybe they're maybe they become better players. But I've always wondered, like, how do they when they're off somewhere do on their mission? Can they stay in shape? Do they stay in shape? Have you? Did you ever have someone, Jeff, return to you looking like a different person, almost like an offensive lineman that lost about fifty pounds? Yeah, some. Yeah, some of them can stay in shape. Some cannot. It just depends on where they are and what their routine is. Most of them do not. Most of them, um, what I used to say right when they came back to the rest of our coaches, we'd be looking at this new guy that came back, and I just don't look at him for a year. Don't even look at him. Don't evaluate him. Don't make any decisions on him whatsoever for a year. In a year, then you'll see who he's really going to be. And so that was the challenge. But there were a lot of benefits from it, too. And we had guys, yeah, we had guys gained weight, lost weight, guys that more than anything, they just, you know, typically would lose that that burst and some of that explosive power that they had and just took them a little while to get it back. What did, uh, talking to Jeff Grimes, uh, the offense coordinator at Baylor, Walk me back through. You arrive at uh, BYU 2000 uh, after that 2017 season. What did um, or yeah? What what did you find from uh, uh, Zach Wilson? I mean, what a what an amazing story that is. What was he when you got when you first met him? What was he like? And then obviously yeah, so getting him to this I point. To, yeah, I got to be there on the very front end with Zach um, when. And our head coach at BYU, Kalani Sataki, started talking to me about the job. One of my first questions was telling me about the quarterbacks. And we talked about those who were on the roster, but then he talked about this kid who was still in high school that had been committed to Boise State that he thought he was going to be able to flip and wanted me to get involved in in recruiting him um, once, once I was ready to take the job. And so... I watched his film, his high school film, and was really impressed. Just this kid with, with a lot of uh, competitive spirit. You could really feel his passion for the game and watching his tape. Um, a little bit undersized, a little bit underdeveloped, which is probably why he wasn't really heavily recruited. Um, but just a guy who was a who was a great football player could could run around and make plays, but still had a lot of development in front of him. And so then. Um, the first weekend I was out there, I, I was out there to be actually uh, introduced and meet the team and all that. And Zach was actually there on his official visit recruiting trip and got to know him and his family. And then 
just continued the recruitment process, and um, a number of people were trying to get in on him at that time, but we were able to land him, and then he showed up right away. He was an early graduate, was there that spring, um, obviously had a lot to learn, but you could see his arm talent and his intelligence right away. Played about half of, halfway through that season. We transitioned to him as a starter, um, finished the season really well, went 18 for 18 in our bowl game. And uh, then the, then he had shoulder surgery. And so a lot of people ask me, like every TV interview I did before every game this year, almost every scout that I talked to from the NFL about him say, what was the biggest difference between his junior year and his sophomore year? And it was just his health. His sophomore year came back and was coming back off a of shoulder surgery, didn't, didn't have um, – really anywhere close to full speed arm strength. The ball just didn't jump out of his hand the way that it did before. Couldn't, couldn't drive the ball across the field. And so he was playing at a significant deficit and then he messed up his thumb in our fifth game, I believe had to have surgery on his thumb and then came back the last couple of games, but he was never really himself that year. And so this year he came back at full strength and not only was he at full strength, but he had really spent a lot of time learning the game. And that's what I've told really every NFL coach or um, scout that I've talked to that, you know, yeah, you can see his, his ability on the field, but what you can't see is his mind for the game and his passion for it. There's nobody who's going to prepare harder than he is. Nobody's going to watch more film. Nobody loves the game more than he does. And really that's, you know, that's what makes him and, and really most great players successful. Um, you have to have the talent but that love for the game drives you to do all those other things. And, and he has that um, as much as any player I've ever been around. You know, scheme-wise at BYU, did, did, you, did you start to change things a little bit to when you get a guy like that that has that sort of unbelievable talent? Do you try to – I guess you got to try to play to his strengths. What did you uh, – you know, as he developed and as he became even young in his time – your guy, did, what did you sort of do with that offense? Because, you know, by the time we got, uh, he became, you know, we all started watching him. He was unbelievably good this year. But I'm just, I'm just sort of wondering what you did with the offense to, to get him to this point. What, what did you tweak with it and, and all that kind of thing? Yeah, I think any, any good coach um, understands how to play to the strengths of the players that he has. And so, uh, whether you're talking about uh, what you're doing with your with your running backs in the run game or what your offensive lineman can do best, or certainly your quarterback, he's touching the ball every play. And so you better be thinking about what he can do and how he can excel and, and play at his very best. And so, yeah, we we evolved some during during Zach's time there. And this year I think we settled in on some things that really that, that he did um, particularly well, he's he's great at the downfield throws. So we threw the ball down the field this this year more than we had, and certainly his health was a part of that as well. But um, Zach's one of those unique guys who who could probably do almost anything that you ask him to do. He can throw the twenty yard comeback across the field. He can throw the ten yard out across the field, and you know those are really the hardest throws, not the not the ones where you're trying to throw it 50 for for a touchdown on a post or a go. A lot of guys can can throw those balls, um, but he can make those throws that that some guys can't. You know, and you hear 
that comment sometimes about a quarterback. He can make all the throws, and not very many guys actually can, but Zach can. So it really, with his health this year in particular, it opened up the playbook to us and allowed us to really um, do more things and do whatever whatever we wanted to and what fit the guys at our other skill positions. But yeah, we certainly we certainly evolved, and the offense the offense changed as as Zach progressed and some other guys did around him. And we, I'll do the same thing here. We'll, we'll run, um, we'll run an offense that's very similar to what we did at BYU, but we will modify it and, and um, be able to be versatile and flexible enough to take advantage of the skill set that we have at, at quarterback and our other positions too. Yeah, and this team, uh, talking to Jeff Grimes, Baylor's new offense coordinator, this team really struggled to run the ball last year. Uh, had some great wide receivers. For whatever reason, offense just did not get going this past season. What Have, have you had a chance to evaluate? I know you just got hired, but what, what, sort of, uh, what sort of talent, what sort of weapons do you think you have in the short time that you've uh, had a chance to take a, take a look around? Because you have had some guys that have decided to stay, uh, on both sides of the ball, but as you look at some of these offensive players, what do you what do you think you have? You know, to be honest with you, I have not spent much time at all looking at the guys that we have here on this team, and um, for a couple of reasons. One, I've I've been so inundated with recruiting, just trying to catch up on the players that we're recruiting, getting to know those guys, and then trying to push a few more offers out this week. That's that's been a huge part of our time commitment and then the other part of it is and I did this at BYU too is I don't I don't really know that I want to watch too much because I don't want to build a preconceived notion about a player based on a different offense and a different a different time and different place and and different coaching and I kind of want to give all of them an opportunity to to come in with a clean slate and feel like um, you know, as a coach, we you know we want to say that we're open minded to everyone, but we're all we're all humans, and human nature um, makes it difficult at times to uh, change your mind about something. And the hardest thing to change your mind about is something that you already believe to be true about someone. And so, I want to give all of them a, a fresh opportunity to come in and prove themselves to me. And uh, so. We haven't done a whole lot of that, and I'm just looking forward to beginning to teach them what, what we're going to do and what this year is going to look like. All right, we'll wait till next week to ask you for the starting quarterback, okay? We'll just give you a, <laughs> we'll give you a, a little break to ease into this thing. Yeah, but, uh, how, what would you say the over-under is on that question between now and maybe let's just say it goes until um, – until uh, two weeks before the first game. What's the over-under on how many times that question is asked? I mean, it's just how many times we get to talk to you. You know, Dave may (laughs) – it'll be be a pretty high number. And, of course, we'll have some nuance to it. Who's doing better, uh, Jeff? Who's – Who's kind of, you know, they'll, they'll try not to ask you who the starter is. They'll just try to kind of get you to <laughs> almost like, uh, you know, uh, racehorses try to get or something. Me to say anything, that's what you'll do. Oh, try to get anything. anything out of yeah. the other do, than yeah. the, the direct answer. Yeah. 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 Does Blake Shapin rem- yeah, remind you the most of Zach Wilson? You know, things like that. You know, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll work on you in, in a lot of different ways. But listen, we appreciate it. Um, 
we, you know, everybody says great things about you. We had David Lee on the other day who became a great friend of mine when I covered the Cowboys, and he was your head coach out at UTEP, and I know that oh, time great. in El Paso. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's awesome. He actually – He's actually responsible probably as much as anyone for giving me an opportunity to get started in, in college coaching. I don't know if he told you, but he was the offensive coordinator at Rice when Ken Hatfield was the head coach and, and got me in there. And, and uh, he and I have stayed in touch over the years. And, and I just, I just I, actually, he called me um, about a week or so ago, wanted to get information on Zach and, and uh, some other things, but yeah, great great person and and uh been blessed to have stayed in touch with him yeah well we really enjoyed this and, and you know stay off the phone with him he might try to get you to run that wild hog formation uh may try to get you to bring that to baylor obviously had some success with that with houston and the gang at arkansas but uh coach really appreciate it I know you got meetings coming up and uh, look forward to um talking with you and, and best of luck to you moving forward all right hey you got it and look forward to getting to know y'all better all right, there he goes, Jeff Grimes, the uh, well, the new offensive coordinator at uh, Baylor, and we needed to get him out there. He's got meetings and all kinds of stuff, but uh, could have talked to him all day. Lots to get to. I'm fascinated with the time he had with, uh, with Zach Wilson, who is going to become one of the most fascinating stories in, um, in all of this NFL draft and one of the great prospects there. And uh, I know uh, – I know that we have a lot of things to get to, and uh, Stephen Simcox and I will react to that interview and a lot more to get to today, especially with uh, some breaking news on the Cowboys and Kellen Moore. All of that coming up next. Nobody has a better selection of light and heavy-duty Ram pickup trucks than Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly sunny skies today. Should be a nice looking day. 62 degrees the high. Our winds will shift to the north this afternoon as a cold front moves through. A little breezy at times at 15 to 20 miles per hour. Mainly clear skies tonight. We drop to 33. And tomorrow, mostly sunny skies. It's going to be a windy day with a high of 56. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Recently on Game Time. We're going to welcome in the Director of Athletics, Ed Love. Coach, how are you? And uh, Happy New Year. Well, I tell you what, my brain's about to bust right now. We've looked at so many applicants. So both of these positions are a top-notch job. Both of them, I really see a bright future for both of them based on what we're looking at as far as the younger kids coming up, the middle school kids, and the all the way up to the ninth graders. So this is going to be uh, two outstanding coaching positions for whoever we choose. Game Time, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Hey, have you thought about buying your first home and weren't sure where to start or if you qualify? Well, it's Matt Mosley from the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. NeighborWorks Waco has been assisting Central Texans in the home buying process for the past 27 years, and they are ready to assist you. Not enough money for down payment or low credit score? NeighborWorks Waco has programs that help you improve your credit score, and they help you get the best loan with the least out-of-pocket expense, plus to make sure you know what to look for in selecting that perfect home for you and your family, call 254-752-1647 or visit the website at nw-waco.org to get started. NeighborWorks Waco is currently operating with social distancing protocol in place so that you can access their programs knowing your safety is their highest 
priority. NeighborWorks Waco is your trusted source for home ownership the right way. Don't miss the Lone Star Gun Show, Saturday and Sunday at the Bell County Expo Center. You'll find great items at terrific prices on new and used guns, knives, swords, hunting gear, books, coins, medals, and ammo. Best of all, you'll enjoy browsing with the benefit of paying discount prices. Hours are 9 to 5 Saturday, 10 to 4 Sunday. Bring in your old gun and trade up for the gun you've always wanted. Lone Star Gun Show, Saturday and Sunday at the Bell County Expo Center in Belton. Why not start off the new year in a new Ram truck? The Start Something New sales event is in full swing at Cameron Autoplex in Cameron, Texas. Right now, take $10,000 off MSRP on a new 2021 Ram 1500 Lone Star with 12-inch touchscreen and 20s. Or $7,000 off MSRP on a new Ram 2500 Crew Cab Bighorn. Cameron Autoplex is your Central Texas truck authority. So make that short drive and let us prove to you why it's always cheaper and easier in Cameron. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. The Rockets have sent James Harden to the Nets in a blockbuster four-team trade that also involves the Pacers and Cavaliers, completing the unhappy Stars' exit from Houston and setting up a potential super team in Brooklyn. Alabama is finalizing a deal with former Houston Texans coach Bill O'Brien to be the Crimson Tide's next offensive coordinator. Texas is set to hire Alabama assistant and former Rutgers coach Kyle Flood as its new offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. The Dallas Cowboys have already had to fend off interest from Boise State to keep Kellen Moore's team's offensive coordinator. Now Jerry Jones will have to fend off NFC East Division rival Philadelphia Eagles. They have requested an interview with Moore for their head coaching vacancy. In Big 12 basketball, number 15 Texas Tech down number 4 Texas last night, 79-77. to Up next for the Red Raiders, number 2 Bader will visit Texas Tech on Saturday. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Then she lit up a she showed me the way There were voices down the corridor I thought I heard them say Welcome to the oh, Hotel is, uh, California Matt Mosley A little uh, from the Eagles With some Eagles news today And uh, alongside Stephen Simcox We roll through a uh, busy Thursday We started the show with uh, the new offense coordinator, Jeff Grimes. That'll be all over the station. You can hear that probably later today, I would think. Uh, uh, game time. And uh, with uh, with Tom Barfield, Glenn Stretch-Smith will want some of that. Now, um, J-Mo landed the first interview with him for his Baylor duties, and I'm sure uh, and, and we were able to use some of that the other day. So, J-Mo, uh, J-Mo's already talked to him. Steve and I, I just felt like we had talked. I, I really kind of now I'm thinking, golly, I kind of wanted to do a little more of that RVO, but I know that was kind of out there. So I wanted to try to break some new ground with Coach Grimes. Steven, do you think things got a little tense when I when I really started trying to hammer him on religion a little bit? <laughs> no, it was okay. I just feel like you were right. sort of – you were asking him, like, hey, what was that like? And I think that is a really interesting conversation, um, you know, because obviously, like – LDS members are, are very outspoken and evangelistic, and that's fantastic. Uh, but as you were s- sort of getting to there, and, and in a lighthearted way, I mean, yeah. Coach Grimes just said, hey, Matt, it was a good experience. <laughs> let me just Well, he's smart let me just because get there. you never know where I'll take you on one of these interviews. And, and I think he thought, oh, gosh, is he about to get religious, you know, 
we're going to talk about Christians and Mormons. And no, hey, I, you know, and I didn't bring this up with him, but I was leading the charge to bring the Mormons into the Big 12. I wanted to lead them. I wanted to lead BYU right into the Big 12. And I uh, was going to bring in, boy, Brigham and Joseph and the whole, the whole bunch. Get them right on in here. I did like that, Stephen. I saw that in the Salt Lake Tribune. There was like a, a subhead in the – it was on the website story, and it said, it said Grimes, a practicing Baptist. That was like in the headline. <laughs> there was just something about it that almost – it was almost like they were saying practicing Buddhist. It was just kind of like a strange way to uh, – I think Jeff kind of got a kick out of We've that. We've uncovered like, a new story. <laughs> Jeff is a practicing Baptist. I don't know. I mean, we didn't have to nail him down on that. Jeff may be, may have a little Methodist in his background. We have Methodist churches in Waco, uh, in the surrounding areas. Uh, Austin Avenue Methodist. I used to play some outdoor basketball over there. Had a, had some great times over there. Right there, there's a good Methodist church over there. So I love playing hoops over there. Of course, I only attended Baptist churches because that was my upbringing. Good Southern Baptist kid. And it sounds like Jeff may have a little bit of that in his background. Stephen, I'm no longer part of the Southern Baptist Church, but I'm still a Baptist, if you can understand all that. But uh, still a proud Baptist kid all these years later. Uh, Jeff Grimes, Baylor's new offensive coordinator. And, um, boy, Stephen, I am sorry. that You had a lot of stuff to get into. I promise we'll get him back on. We'll do some more. I think Jeff had a good time. You know, and uh, I thought that was kind of cool. You know, a guy we had on recently, uh, we were not trying to do a this is your life. Uh, Jeff, we've talked to, se- you know, all 70 coaches you've ever worked with. No, but we do know David Lee, his his uh, head coach at UTEP. And I thought that was kind of cool. At the end, Jeff said David Lee, you know, had a huge hand. And, and even, I guess, David Lee helped bring him to Rice under Ken Hatfield back in 95. I mean, I... I'm trying to do this all in my head. Hatfield was the coach after Lou Holtz at Arkansas, and I guess Hatfield would have gotten fired at some point in Arkansas and ends up at Rice because Fred Goldsmith ends up, ends up there at some point, and then they had to, the big dude there that actually coached Bailiff. David Bailiff won a lot of games at Rice, but Ken Hatfield was a man that, man, he would he respected Ken, and that's really interesting that he served on some of also all these staffs. I mean, Stephen, Ken Hatfield was known for running the football. I mean, Hatfield even had some background. I want to say he he was a, he might have had some Air Force. Maybe that anyway. Somehow he and Watson Brown, all those things are in my head somewhere. But Ken Hatfield might throw the wishbone out on you if you didn't watch it. I mean, he was not a drop back, throw it every time kind of guy. And at BYU, man, they would sling it around. And so I didn't really, you know, I wanted to get into some of that Lavelle Edwards. I guarantee you Jeff met Lavelle Edwards at BYU. But, Stephen, I thought we covered some good ground there. And, um, I mean, I, you know, what happens is if you have a Zach Wilson, who in some ways is one of those, I mean, he even was more dynamic, obviously, as a thrower of the football than Taysom Hill was at BYU. But once you have a kid like Zach Wilson, it all becomes, well, who's, who can be that for you at Baylor? Who could be like Zach Wilson? I mean, that becomes the next question, and he understands that. And I think uh, one of the things he wanted to tell us was, 
everybody's going to have a clean slate. Okay, he's not going to get caught up in looking at the film and seeing what they're doing in this other offense and all that. And the truth is, Stephen, let's not act like we have a ton of film on Bohannon and Zeno and Shapin and Drones, unless you want to look at high school film. I mean, he is going to get a clean slate with all these guys. And that was an interesting perspective. I, I did find that fascinating that he basically said, hey, um, I, I mean, I'm more worried about recruiting, you know, getting guys that fit kind of what we want to do here now on, on campus and, and try to get commits. And also just the aspect of um, they were doing something that was different last year. So uh, is there some usefulness in watching that? Yeah, there probably is. But coaches is, is looking at it from the perspective of I don't want to watch what they were trying to accomplish last season and put that in my mind if we're going to do something completely different. Because, I mean, we saw under Larry Fedora, guys we thought were really going to thrive, like Tresson Ebner and John Lovett and Tyquan Thornton, and I know a few of those guys were banged up, um, weren't as effective. And I, I think that was one of the reasons why they, they school and, and Coach Fedora parted ways. But it also just speaks to the fact that it's hard to gauge, you know, who's going to step up and who's really going to be good when you're bringing in a new system. Yeah, I like all of that, Stephen. I think that's good, good insight. And, uh, again, we're going to – there's a lot to get into. I like what he's kind of looking for, offensive linemen. You know, different shapes and sizes need certain things. I think that intelligence factor has to be high. Boy, he has some good linemen out there. You know, if Jeff learned anything out there, I think uh, in BYU land, Stephen, it is – Let's recruit some Tongan football players. You know what I mean? If you start seeing some Lelis and some big-time Tongan players in Waco, you will know. Those Polynesian roots, they run deep. And, uh, and man, my goodness, some of the linemen, some of the great ones over the years, you go all the way back, Dallas Cowboys with Mark Tuane and some of those types of players. Unbelievable there at BYU, Utah, those schools uh, in that part of the world and in California. Uh, Stephen, I, ha- I am getting some intel that Coach may have, may have come to Waco in his early days, may have been a part of some RA get-togethers. I'm talking, of course, about the Royal Ambassadors. So if you're going to really flash your Baptist credentials, you've got to know about the RAs. You've got to know about the girls in action, the GAs. I mean, this is how you... This is how you. Uh, this is how you go through life. And uh, if the coach really did spend some time uh, as a youth, as an RA, then I think it could work at Baylor. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I think that uh, that has been the issue, Stephen, with some coaches in the past. I don't think they were RAs, and I think that became a problem. <laughs> well, that's great. They already have. You know, I don't know if they still do this. They used to have RA day. I, I went out there one time to Floyd Casey. Uh, with with my RA group, and then um, I can't remember who it was that spoke to us after the game, but Coach Grimes can just take the microphone after the game at RA Day and sort of do the pledge and say the creed and and run down the whole list there. Yeah, I'm trying to think who were the speakers. Grant probably would have come out there. We would do the RA Day when I was a kid too, and uh, (laughs) it was was always against rice. They would bring all the RAs in, and then they used to sell at the games these stupid little – I can't imagine why they did this, but they sold these little whistles. Like you could make a whistle sound 
with these little things. And so uh, they put the RAs down there near the end zone, and we'd all be whistling. I don't know how we didn't throw the game off, you know, with all our whistles, but it was always against Rice. Would have been Bert Emanuel as quarterback, or you had to go back to some of those Rice players. I can't, I can't name a lot of them, but it was RA day, and it would be against Rice, and you'd get a sack lunch. You get a sack lunch, you go down there. We'd go down there in the First Baptist Kaufman church van, and my dad was the RA leader. And uh, <laughs> one time, one of the RAs got back and they asked, they asked the kid about it. And they said, <laughs> he said, they asked one of the RAs about it. And the RA told his dad, he said, Yeah, Mr. Mosley said the officiating was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That was their testimony after the day. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you learn, son? Mr. Mosley said there were some bad calls in that game. There were some officials that need to see the light. Oh, man. There was an official back then named Percy something. Oh, my gosh. If I thought hard enough, I could remember all those officials from my childhood. Percy might have been from McKinney or something. I don't know. But Percy. And then there was one guy. Percy may have gone to Baylor. We always knew back in the day, like, where the officials had gone to school. <laughs> and the UT fans still think on Grant's last regular season game when they called uh, pass interference, golly, what was that? They call, they, or they didn't call it maybe. They, they still all feel like that was, a, that was a send-off for Grant. They got a call at the end of that game. Who would that have been? 1993, who would have been coaching at Texas? After Akers, uh, Makovic, McWilliams. I'm just thinking through it all. Steven, do you like it when I do this? Just start spitballing the old days. Steven, we only have an hour, so. Yeah, it was, was Makovic, 1993. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. Makovic arrived in there. Steve, you should have seen him. He was the most immaculately dressed guy. Oh, my gosh. But he was, you know, you just can't bring a northerner. He, I think he'd been a head coach at, like, Illinois or somewhere. It's like, John Makovic, come on down. I mean, that's why I'm a little worried about, like, West Coast guy with Sark. All right, come on down, Sark. Now tell us about your Texas ties. Oh, uh, well, uh, <laughs> I once recruited a player there. <laughs> See, Grimes went to high school and is from Garland. I mean, this guy, this guy's got true Texas ties. I mean, he's like a Wetzel. He's like a McGuire. I mean, these guys with real Texas ties. Like Sean Bell, who went to school right down the street from us. All right, it is um, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas with Stephen Simcox. And, Stephen, we got a lot to react to. We had a huge blockbuster trade, but also big-time stuff going on with the Cowboys coaching staff. Could they, could they lose a member of this vaunted offensive staff? That is next. Recently on the John Moore Show. Tony Caridi, our guest, longtime voice of the West Virginia Mountaineers. And this is kind of shop talk, but hopefully our listeners won't mind. You're, you're doing all your games remotely, all your basketball games remotely, road games. And how's it going? I mean, have you? the more you do it, are, the more, are you more comfortable doing that? Or how's that process been for you? 
Yeah, it, as good as it can be when we get the right video feed, right. Um, which I'm sure Baylor would have provided to us, it's, yeah. you can do it. As long as you get the audio from the location and the, and the mid-court camera just stays put and doesn't bounce around. When you get, as you well know, what we call in the business a dirty feed, right. which is all of the different camera angles and going to graphics and going into the studio and things like that, um, it, it, it can kind of be like driving a car sometime with your eyes closed. <laughs> Listen to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. With more and more employees officing from their homes, how is your business pivoting during this unique time? Let the premier provider of technology in Texas, UBO Business Services, conduct a free business technology assessment for your organization. Our professional analysts will understand your organization's unique document workflow. You will get a 360-degree view of all your document-related expenses, as well as see your employees' challenges and areas in need of improvement. Call Sean Hunt at 254-772-1600-UBEO.com. Fox Tomorrow. The new season of Hell's Kitchen is heating up in Las Vegas. Oh my gosh, what is that? Get out! An all-new Hell's Kitchen. Then, it's TV's number one new comedy, Call Me Cat. It's what I live for. Looks like Maya Bialik has a hit on her hands. This is the kind of party I usually hear about the next day and wish I had been invited to. Call Me Cat's all-new, followed by a new Last Man Standing. And stay tuned for Fox 44 News at 9. Your news now. My house has a new glow, I love my windows, universal windows direct. Now that football season is here and cooler weather is right around the corner, it's time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite, a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. Now offering 0% financing for 60 months, that's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com or call 254-301-7760. That's 254-301-7760. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. What you do in privacy is your own business. What you do in public with your truck, well, that's our business at Pickup Outfitters. In your garage, it's okay for your truck to parade around in the nude with no accessories. Hey, this is still America. But when you bring your truck out in public, it's just common decency to put an outfit on your truck. And that's where we come in at Pickup Outfitters. Put a cover on that bed. Cover your rear end with a bumper and a hitch, for goodness sakes. There are women and children on the roads. And guys, don't leave your tools exposed. Put them in a toolbox. Be proud of your truck and stand tall with a lift kit. Or improve your truck's posture with a leveling kit. Add some class to your pickup with new wheels and tires. Or dress up for a date with your new RV or boat with a fifth wheel or a receiver hitch. At Pickup Outfitters, we're dedicating to making the roads decent for all Central Texans. So when taking your truck out in public, remember your manners and accessorize it properly with an outfit from Pickup Outfitters. 220 Lake Air Drive in Waco. 
ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Watch with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Jesse Britt Automotive. The Rockets have sent James Harden to the Nets in a blockbuster four-team trade that also involves the Pacers and Cavaliers, completing the unhappy star's exit from Houston and setting up a potential super team in Brooklyn. Alabama is finalizing a deal with former Houston Texans coach Bill O'Brien to be the Crimson Tide's next offensive coordinator. Texas is set to hire Alabama assistant and former Rutgers coach Kyle Flood as its new offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. The Dallas Cowboys have already had to fend off interest from Boise State to keep Kellen Moore as their team's offensive coordinator. Now Jerry Jones will have to fend off NFC East Division rival Philadelphia Eagles. They have requested an interview with Moore for their head coaching vacancy. In Big 12 basketball, number 15 Texas Tech down number 4 Texas last night, 79-77. Up next for the Red Raiders, number 2 Baylor will visit Texas Tech on Saturday. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. From the beautiful Alan Samuels Studios, it's Matt Mosley, Stephen Simcox. We're doing our thing. We've got some good stuff today. May delve back in that tomorrow. Uh, Stephen, has the reaction been pretty strong? Coach Grimes, everybody, everybody approved. I don't know. They might have thought I got too religious on the thing. We can't get. He's not going to give us a whole bunch of X's and O's like, hey. Here's what I'm going to script out the first 15 plays for next year. You can't do that. We need to get to know them a little bit, all of that. But, uh, and by the way, if you want to uh, check in with us, we always have a, a, a string of texts coming in, phone calls. We love your phone calls, too, 254-662-1660. I mean, this is a show people love to text in and be a part of, and we appreciate the heck out of that. It just means the world to us, and uh, we appreciate you. Stephen, uh, pretty are pretty people pretty stoked about Jeff Grimes? Would you say? I mean, so far, what what's the uh, what's the kind of the pulse of our people? Yeah, we had a, uh, a two five four number. And by the way, I'm back in the uh, we're both here in the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios. Appreciate you, Allen Samuels bringing us. Uh, our, our studios here every day and we had one two five four numbers say um that they they're really a big fan of coach grimes excited about the hire uh, our buddy david belton said uh he wishes that he would have named a starting quarterback but he's excited about coach grimes <laughs> being there in baylor so some good response to uh to coach and yeah i think there's uh you, you know coach fedora had a, a, an impressive resume too but i just feel like when you can point to an offense in BYU that last year was maybe the hottest offense in the country. I mean, I think either them or, or Alabama, Coastal Carolina, those are ones that come to mind that just seem to score at will. And uh, that, that program really benefited from, I feel like, having a spotlight that it typically doesn't with uh, some of the West Coast teams that sat out for, for half the season with, with the pandemic. Um, there There really wasn't a – you know, a bigger name, I feel like, on the coordinator market than, than Jeff Grimes coming to Waco. Yeah, and um, I think Utah State and some other openings out there, they had looked at Jeff Grimes as a potential head coach. I think Baylor's very fortunate to get him. And then Coach Mateos, Stephen, he's out on his honeymoon. The, the new offensive line coach, he's been text, he's been tweeting. That's why you don't want to get caught tweeting too much from your honeymoon. Uh, but he's the new O-line coach for the Bears. 
and he just got married the other day. And they're off in, uh, I couldn't tell exactly. I was looking at his social media, maybe somewhere in, uh, I don't know. I, some, he was drinking some Cuban coffee wherever he was. But it was good to see him out there having a good time. He's going to be the new O-line coach for the Bears. Always great to hear from our folks. Stephen, the news broke today that, um, and, and we can get into, if any of this has changed, this is really interesting stuff, that um, the Eagles have asked for permission to talk to Kellen Moore, the Cowboys' offensive coordinator and play caller. And, I mean, you know, talk about the, the, the most angry rival of all. Of course, we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. Boy, this feels like a troll job. This feels like trolling. And uh, that's exactly what, I mean, I, I, I don't really, I don't think Kellen Moore is going to leave to go be the Eagles coach. I mean, unless they offer it to him. You know, they've talked to other folks. There's been other people in the mix with them. But what if they became infatuated with, and I'm going to look, Stephen. I mean, I, I just got to say, we can, y'all can uh, weigh in on this. Do you, I mean, I, there's only one way to keep Kellen Moore here in Dallas and keep teams from continuing to ask to talk to him as a head coach. It is to name him head coach and fire Mike McCarthy. And some of you might, uh, some of you might uh, be for that. But, I, I mean, I, this is really, really interesting, all of this. And, uh, Stephen, this came out God, a few hours ago, and we shall see. Now, here's the deal, Stephen. If it was for their OC job or it was a, uh, you know, you, but you kind of, it's poor form in the NFL to block a guy who's getting a head coaching opportunity. But it's also a little poor, you know, you're like, man. It's in the division, though, too. Our NFC East rival. And now I have talked to Jeff Lurie in the past, the Eagles owner. He loves Jerry. Now, he's not above, though, taking the sharp stick out and getting after Jerry a little bit, poking the bear. So is that, is that what this is about? Hey, hey, Kellen, hey, put us on the board here. Love to see some of your concepts. Oh, tell us what you did here. Oh, what do you think about this? The Eagles getting some inside info on the – or do they really have a huge interest in trying to identify the next McVeigh, the next young head coach? Stephen, are you worried? Is there panic among our people about losing Kellen Moore? 254-662-1660. Stephen, as a longtime Cowboys fan, are you today, did this, did this kind of get you a little worried? I saw you sending this out mm-hmm. earlier today, and, and this was going around our group text. And, I mean, there was some worry in the land about this. It does have me a little worried. I, I just hadn't even considered this as an option once. He didn't take the Boise State job or however that worked out. The Cowboys give him the contract extension. I thought uh, this was over, and I just didn't even consider that he would be a candidate for an NFL head coaching job. I mean, and I would think there would be significant interest there. It is sort of rare to see um, someone interview a rival's assistant coach, but I, I guess, as you said, it's just it's poor form to – to block somebody from opportunity. Let me ask you this. I, I've heard these sort of rumblings before. What was the situation with Jason Garrett and Wade Phillips? Was Jason Garrett sort of promised uh, like a head coach in waiting type of position? Because uh, I, I've heard in the past that he may have 
sort of sold way down the river, sabotage weight a little bit when that when that whole deal went south. Uh, is that a possibility with Kellen Moore making it, making it known that hey, if if something goes wrong with Mike McCarthy, you're the next guy in line. You just need to be patient with us for a little while. You know, it could happen. It's not quite to that point yet. The thing with Wade was kind of rough from the start because what they did to keep Jason from taking one of these offers with Atlanta or Baltimore, they they ended up bumping his salary to be as much as Wade was making. Let's say I think it was $3 million. They bumped Garrett up th- to that, and that's what made Wade mad. It wasn't so much them keeping him or promising him anything. It was they said, you know what, we're going to pay him the same as we're paying our head coach. That's just a bad look. I mean, you're sending the signal out there to everybody, your, your players and everybody that we almost see, see this as like a co-head coach type thing. And even a guy like Wade, you think, well, Wade doesn't have much of an ego. Yes, he does. Woo, Wade Phillips has an ego on him. Now, he may come across as kind of, you know, just kind of plain spoken, but, boy, he's got an – he absolutely has an ego. And that bothered the heck out of him, and it should have. I understand it. I understand it. And he could have just said, to heck with y'all, I'm leaving. My name's Wade Phillips, and I'm getting out of town. But it's hard to do that when you're making $3 million a year and you're the head coach of the Cowboys. But they set that thing up for Jason to become the interim head coach, and that's exactly what happened in that 2010 season. So, yes, Stephen, to answer your question, absolutely. Uh, it's, but it, it's, not, it's similar, but not, 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 the, not close to the same yet. So I'm surprised, Matt. We might have to continue some of this tomorrow, too. But our people so far, it's pretty mixed. Uh, Greg in Waco says, yes, this concerns me. I think Kellen's a great offensive mind. want to keep him around. But I also got a couple of responses. JC um, said he's not a fan of Kellen Moore. The Eagles can take him. We also had Brad and uh, Lorena. And Brad said he doesn't feel like Kellen runs the ball enough. He doesn't have a balanced offense. So we're actually getting... Uh, sort of split down the middle here. Some that are concerned that he might be leaving and some that are sort of like good riddance. They're not big fans of Kellen Moore, which I think after this year, Kellen proved a lot, but it feels like our our listeners are still a little skeptical. All right. Um, And you're right. We've come to the end of our broadcasting day. You're like, wait, Mosley, I thought your show started at one. Well, that's true. It's true. One of the shortest shows in the country, (laughs) but (laughs) we have fun with it. I mean, it's growing on me. Steven, I think it'd grow on you too if you could just like leave work right now. But you've got another, <laughs> you, you've got another four or five hours left in you, Matt. One, so, uh, sorry, one more thing from our people I wanted to ask yeah. about. We had a, a texter ask did, Matt, "Did you catch the the Texas Tech Texas game? I know you did. Yes. And they wanted to know if if that game gave you any concern for this Tech Baylor matchup on Saturday. Always concerned. Have huge respect for Coach Beard. I mean, Baylor is a more talented uh, team, and I think, uh, boy, Drew and, and Coach Beard, both great, great coaches. I mean, the Bears have the more, more horses, but, uh, yeah, anytime you go into Lubbock, it won't be quite as tough because the crowd, there won't be a big crowd there. But uh, that's not a that, – yeah, I, I have ultimate respect for Tech. I, I don't think Tech – I mean, obviously McClung's a shot maker, and he made a huge shot there. They're not they don't they don't have near the shooting and I don't think they're quite as good defensively as Baylor and uh, but uh, but Tech Texas kind of choked that game in the end. I mean they were missing free throws and then what's our man uh, Stephen Andrew, you know our guy who uh man that, that Andrew incredible. Jones mm-hmm. Andrew Jones at battle with leukemia. 
He was unbelievable in the first half of that game, and then they just didn't give him the ball in the second half. I think he had one shot. So, that you know, sometimes that's on the coach. That's on the coach. Hey, Andrew's hot. He's got to have the touches. Come on, Greg. Come on, get it over there, Greg Brown. Let Andrew have the touches. All right, we got to turn it over. Uh, Stephen, I do have some breaking news here. I'm looking at photos of Urban Meyer uh, stepping off what looks to be a private jet at Cecil Airport in Jacksonville. All right, we got some good pictures from the local TV folks there in Jacksonville and then getting into an SUV. Uh, does not look like he's got a sport coat on. Has a tie on. Eh. No, it's just a, it looks like just a dress shirt. I don't think he has a tie on. Just a dress shirt, and uh, he's getting off that private plane. Urban Meyer spotted in Jacksonville. Going to be fun. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, next, J-Mo. John Morris, the voice of the Bears, from 2-3, to three, then stretch, and then Tom Barfield. Game time. It's all next. We'll see you tomorrow with Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda, Baylor head coach, joins us. Good night, everybody.